Thank you for listening to our podcast from Crossroads, South Arkansas. I am teaching pastor David Preston Jr. I pray the words you hear today speak to you on a personal level and help bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. Showed us 
how to go and what to do. And I want to tell you a story that I vividly remember about my dad that may not be one of those times that he led us in the right direction, although I have used it um, in my parenting before. So here goes. Um, <clears throat> growing up, me and our family, we didn't have a lot of what you would call finances. Okay, like we, we, we weren't we weren't rolling in the dough. We did it very well um, because Mama would buy us clothes at just the right time, right as ours were tattered, uh, and uh, and we would go to Payless and get shoes, and uh, Hutch would draw Nike checks on the XJ 900s, and then I don't know if actually remembers this, but when I was uh, in school one day, Hutch had drawn a Nike check on my shoes, and the dew was, you know, dewy, and we went outside and got on the grass, and my Nike check started running, and I ran inside and didn't want to come back out, and like ruined my reputation. Anyway, <laughs> and so, um, but we didn't have a lot of money, so it was a humongous deal one year that we, we Hutch and I both got power wheels, and um, you know, the little machines, you know what I'm about to say? The little machines that, ours were three wheelers and you could put your foot on the little pedal on the side and they would go by themselves. It was amazing. And my dad had said, do not leave these power wheels outside. We had a place where we are in, in the weather. We had a place where we were supposed to put them and we would put them up every day and then get to ride on them, you know, the next day and it was fun. And um, these were expensive even back then, and they were expensive, mom knows what I'm about to say. These were expensive back then. Um, they're expensive now, but even more so back then. Well, one day, uh, Dad's leaving the house. He says, bye, love you. And we said, bye, Dad, love you. And he gets in the truck, we hear the truck start up, and all of a sudden we hear, <laughs> and then we're like, what was that? And then we hear, and uh, we go outside to see both of our big wheels were demolished. <laughs> so what had happened was, is uh, Hutch had left his. <laughs> it's, deb <laughs> it's debatable. Who's, let, let me finish my story. <laughs> it's debatable on whose was left where it wasn't supposed to be. But one of these, these were behind Dad's truck, and when he backed up, he never saw it, ran right over it. What his fault? The other one, I had left responsibly beside the house, but not exactly where it was supposed to be. And my dad felt bad for running over the hutches and was mad because we hadn't done what we were supposed to do. So he said, well, the hutch can't have one, the can't either. And he sped and ran over mine too. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of this story is if you ever get a big wheel in your life, put it where it's supposed to be. And get your brother to as well. Because if he doesn't, yours will be the monster. to you are your brother's keeper. Yeah, you are your brother's keeper. Yeah. That's my dad's story. And it made me better. I, I respect what I have now because of it. That's a good story. <laughs> you you kind of have to go next for this. It was kind of funny. I'm in the middle of changing my story because Cliff and Kirk and me. It's not my fault. I'm sure I don't know how these things work. 
Um, I know. Uh, I think I've told this story in my book. This will be quiz <laughs> But Dad used to travel preaching a lot. Um, and we would all go with him. And we were always, well, I'm, I'm trying, it's, I don't know if it's on or not. It is now. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we would always be prim and proper. Our hair's always combed the right way. Cliff dropped mics all the time. But uh, there was a church, and I think it's in northern Louisiana. Dave sometimes says it's other places. But anyway, we were night two, three of this revival. And um, my dad always had these power messages as the week went on, you know. And we knew them all by heart, to be honest with you. And so we just sit and we mouth everything he was about to say. But uh, this night, I can point in here and tell you exactly where we were sitting, right there, where Ashley's at. And behind her was this elderly gentleman with bald head and a huge nose. And I remember that. Bless his heart. I have to say bless his heart because that matters. Um, but Dad got into this sermon. Mom's sitting next to us, and us three boys are right there. And this old fella, bless his heart, said, real loud, one good time. Cliff started laughing the first time he said, like that. And when Cliff did that, we were all like, you know what I mean? Because it's funny. And then about that time, old man goes, again. And his wife's back. You can just say it. You don't have to demonstrate. No, I like to demonstrate. Just get, get some story out there. But anyway, mom's laughing now. We're laughing. And dad standing up here trying to preach. And he's looking. And finally, he just says, Joni, come up here. So he made my mama walk all the way up from that pew in front of us. Place was packed that night. Come all the way up that pew. And he whispered down to her, and you could see her head just sitting there nodding. And then she finally came back and told us that our daddy was going to kill us <laughs> if we didn't calm down. And this is the true story. We left, and I, I remember Dad going to McDonald's, driving through the drive-thru, and getting himself a cheeseburger, and we did not get nothing. We really literally went home and ate bologna sandwiches. And his theory, his reason was, is y'all ever did that to me again? Watch, and he went through, got himself a cheeseburger, went home, and we were like, nothing? He's like, no, bologna at home. This. That's my story. The bologna was after the spanking. That's true. Oh, we got heard of that, but I can't say that. It's a devil back in Father's Day. It was worse than them three weeks. We, you know, we could we could take a whole service and probably stand at or sit up here and talk about stories from dad and our childhood and growing up and is that you? Yeah, I'm wondering what happened. <laughs> but we could we could take the whole service to do that. And there might be a day that we decide to do that. The story I'm going to tell is not one of my. It's it, it's a funny one, but it's I think it's funny. But it's not probably one of my favorite ones, but it fits what we're talking about today. Uh, and so I'm going to use it as a transition. Uh, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, I'm guessing, because I don't remember exactly. Dad was preaching at Faith Baptist Church in Amy, Arkansas, somewhere between Camden and Arkadelphia, I think. It's, it, you got to be going there to get there. 
Um, and we would make that drive twice every day on Sundays and Wednesday nights. And, and Dad was preaching. And that Sunday night, I can remember, um, Dad was preaching. And we were all there. And as I got older, he would give me a little bit of freedom as long as I didn't act a fool in church. So that night, I decided I was going to sit on the back row. And there wasn't many people there. There, there was a small crowd on a Sunday night. And uh, most of the people were sitting middle of the way up. So I was back there by myself, sitting on that back row. But I knew if I acted up, I'd be in trouble. Um, so I didn't. But as Dad started preaching, he started preaching on angels. And how real angels were. And the stories that he told were powerful and meaningful and they were real. I mean, you could just tell they were real. And as I sat on that back pew, I realized how real they were. So every few minutes, I realized I was in the back of the church by myself. And I started to get a little spooked because of these real angel stories he was telling. So. I remember getting up and moving one row forward. Nobody saw me, but I was a little scared. And he told another story, and I got up and moved one more row forward. And I was scared, and he told another story. And I'm looking around behind me. At this point, I'm just about facing backwards in the pew. Because if an angel came through that back door of that church, he was not going to get me first. It wasn't going to happen. And so I moved another few forward. And at about that time, Dad had noticed. He said, son, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And um, he's like, are you a little scared? And I'm like, yeah, just a little. And, um, and he invited me to come up and sit by Mom. And I graciously took that invitation and ran to the front of the church. But the stories that he told about examples of angels here on this earth, I remember one he told that night, it was about a missionary, and I don't remember the country, but he was in a foreign country, and the native people of that country were beginning to threaten him and his family because of their stand for Jesus and them sharing Jesus. They didn't like it, and it threatened to attack him. And that guy, that missionary, had gotten his family, and they had huddled in their house and were preparing because they had been told they were going to get attacked that night by those the people of that country and they sat in their living room and looked out the window and saw as those men from that that country lined up in the distance and they got to a certain level and just stopped and they sat there and watched them for a few hours and after i believe it was a few hours the the native people of that country, those men turned and left and went away. They were coming to attack them. And they watched their house and after a few hours they turned and left. Over time, that missionary and the, the leader of that country developed a relationship and became friends. They, they went from wanting to attack them to, to, to actually becoming friends. And he asked them that night when you came to attack, why didn't you attack us? We saw you there. We saw you ready. We were, we were done for. Why didn't you come in? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm asking, why didn't you come in? And he said, we're still trying to figure out who that army was that was surrounding your house. 
And he said, what are you talking about? And he said, we got to our point where we stopped. There was a group of men fully armed that were surrounding your house. And we weren't prepared for that. And we decided it was best not to attack you that day. The man inside the house couldn't see the men. His family couldn't see the men. But those soldiers saw an army that was protecting God's servant. Don't tell me those weren't angels. You know, what we're going to talk about today is the ways God speaks to us. God speaks to us through angels. If you read the Bible, you see different examples. We talked about one a couple weeks ago where uh, Joseph had an angel come to him in his dream and talk to him about Mary being pregnant. One of my favorite stories of angels coming and visiting is at the tomb of Jesus when, when, uh, when Mary was there at the tomb and the angel says, why are you here? You know, that had to have been such a, a shock to her, to both of them, to be there and to see that. But that angel was there to tell them, to deliver that message. You know, the word angel means messenger. And they're there to deliver God's messages to us. And, you know, I, the reason I wanted to do it this way, and Cliff's idea is even better than the idea I have, is that. I don't have in my life anything that I can sit there and say, you know what? I believe that was an angel that visited me. I don't have that. I can't sit back and I tried. I wanted to. That'd be pretty cool. To sit back and say, you know what? At this time, I fully believe that was an angel. I don't have that. That doesn't mean there's never been a time. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 tells us, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. The Bible tells us that people that we don't know very well could be angels and we just don't realize it. So I can't sit here and tell you a time when I felt like I was visited by an angel. I don't have that. But I fully believe as many times as I've seen God take care of me, God speak to me that at some point there's no doubt in my mind that I've crossed paths with an angel. I just believe that. And so we've got stories, we've got different things we want to talk about, and I'm going to open it up here um, if you guys have anything you want to add. But that's where we're talking about is the way that God speaks to us through angels. And even though we might not have anything right here, in our minds that we can point to directionally and say that was the time you might have that i don't but i wanted to share this with you and, and, and use this as a conversation today and i'll stop talking and let you go ahead so i think there's a couple of things that i want to just tell you and hopefully help you understand a few things before you know i'm going to tell you a story and then i know much as a few um, that he'll tell you depending on how comfortable he is with either one but I think one thing we have to understand is who angels are, okay? I always tell people, if you believe in God, you have to believe in the enemy. If you believe in angels, you have to believe in demons. So there are adversaries with every good thing. And so a lot of times we see the, the enemy working, and then we see God working through angels. Another thing I want you to understand is when we die, we do not become angels. That's a misconception 
of a lot of people. It's like, oh, so-and-so got their wings. No, they did not. They're not angels. And in fact, why would you want to be an angel? Angels were in heaven with God whenever the world was created, whenever he created us. So angels, if if he could have fellowship with angels and it would have been enough, there would have been no reason for us. If the, if the adulation and the worship of the angels were enough, why on earth would he have created us? And so here's the thing. We're we're better than angels. Like if you were if you became an angel whenever you were whenever you passed away, it would be a demotion. You we are God's children. And so I just want to give you that encouragement today that your loved ones who have gone before you, they're not angels. They're worshiping the king and we are his children. And for some reason that's going out. I'm gonna talk as loud as I can. And so what I would just like to, I want to share you a story. I was in, it's okay. I was in, uh, with my group in Tennessee. Um, a lot of you know that I traveled in a band for many years, and we were in Tennessee at the Dove Awards, the, the um, uh, GMA week, which was a whole week of interviews and things like that. Um, Hutch went with us. You were, yeah, Hutch went with us that year, um, and uh, he was our bodyguard. <clears throat> and uh, would carry our CDs in his satchel. And anytime somebody was like, hey, you got any music? I'd be like, hutch. And he'd be like, yeah, you need a CD. And, uh, and it's funny, because we were, we were doing an interview with someone from England, and, uh, and, uh, they, and we all got asked to come over there, and we introduced everybody, introduced Hutch too. And, and uh, apparently this lady thought we called Hutch something else. And so whenever we went over to the interview, she didn't understand why Hutch wasn't coming. She said, is Butch not coming? <laughs> and uh, so from then on, we just called Hutch Butch. And so uh, you can too, it's fun. Butch is way better than Hutch. Anyway, uh, that same trip, um, we had some, we, we were walking downtown and we were going to B.B. King's, the place that they had blues music and everything else. And there was a bunch of people just standing outside um, it was hard to get into the place where we were going. And uh, and all of a sudden, I walk out and I see my guys talking to this man. And this man had a, he, he looked to be homeless. Like if, if, if you walked up past them, there was, there's a homeless population in Nashville. And so if you walked up to him, you would have thought, man, this guy's a homeless guy. He had a white cowboy hat on um, and just tattered clothes and was talking with, uh, Jason McLeod, who was one of our buddies, and Brent Hammett, who was a drummer at that time, and a couple other people, and he was just sitting there talking, and I could see that it was impacting the people in the circle. And so I joined in the circle, and this guy's just going on and on and on. At that time, we had just recorded a song called Seasons. And the tagline we were using for everything that we were doing was a new season is coming. And that's, you know, we were gearing up for the release, a new season was coming, and that's the tagline we were using for that um, deal. And so he's sitting there talking with us, and at times we would try to stop and talk to everybody, but a lot of times you were going from one place to another place and you needed to go really quickly, and so you're just really, oh, thank you so much, have a good day, all right, we'll see you later. We couldn't get away from the guy, he just kept on talking and kept on talking, and at the very end of this amazing, basically, sermon that he was giving us, he said, I just feel like God has told me to tell you that a new season is coming. 
And he tells us that. And at that time, it was so much confirmation for us because nobody knew that we had recorded this song and we were trying the best we could. There's no way that this guy definitely didn't understand um, or know that we were we had recorded this new song and everything else. And it kind of gave us a just some confirmation of what we were doing that was exactly what we were supposed to go. And the paths we were taking were the paths that we needed to be taken. And so he said, can I pray with you guys? And we're like, absolutely. So he prays and 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 we go into BB Kings and we're just, everybody's just really quiet. You know, we're listening to jazz music and everybody's just kind of looking around and nobody really wants to say it. And then all of a sudden, I go, what was that guy's name? And the uh, Brent, my drummer goes, his name was Christopher. Good night, Christopher, which the root word is Christ. I mean, there were so many things that day with us that was just crazy. So I go back out and try to find the guy. I never saw the guy again. Um, you just never saw him. What I will tell about this guy, though, is that... What I will tell about this guy, though, is that... When you looked at him, we've done a ton of work with the homeless. We've done a ton of work with um, tons of different people. I remember staring at his teeth and his fingernails and like, he didn't look like, I mean, the outside looked like he, but it looked like a costume. And, but his teeth were perfect. Like when he talked and just, there was nothing wrong with them and they were his, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like dentures. I mean, it was, and his hands were clean. Like I held his hand whenever we were praying. Like it was just this, this experience that was for that time and was perfect for that time and exactly what I needed. And since that day, I talk, we talk about Christopher every once in a while. We're like, boy, that, that's like Christopher, wasn't it? And I can call people, my buddy's birthday was yesterday, I can call people and call people who were there and they never forget. And they never, it's just something that is in our minds. The fact that I do believe that's how God works, that we needed something at that moment, his children needed something at that moment. And the way to get us a message was he decided to send Christopher, the homeless guy in a white cowboy hat. Um, to tell us a message that we needed that helped us to continue to fight on and keep going in that time. And uh, God continued to reach people through that ministry for years and even until today, that ministry still goes on. Um, it was going on last weekend, which is why I wasn't here. And so God continues to speak and uh, I believe he used Christopher in that way, that day.
don't know if it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I feel like sometimes that I need proof, and I know a lot of people are like that, but I don't think I'm, you know, I mean, this, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he owes me proof. That's more faith than anything, right? Um, it's hard for me to talk about stuff like this, and I'm so anxious about everything in life that I'm always, uh, and this is being open, there's sometimes where I'm afraid, what if, what if everything we do is wrong? What if everything we do is, is not um, real? And there's a lot of times when I get in my low spot, that's what I struggle with. Um, thankfully, church and, and us being back, my accident has cured a lot of that, that those thoughts. But, you know, um, I try to take life um, based on my own ability. And a lot of times I don't have that ability to face what I have to go through. Even though I try, I just don't have it. And so I don't know why things happen to me. When I was 12, I had an incident um, with a gentleman that passed away. And I don't want to talk about that today. Um, there's things that happen. I don't know why I have dreams that I have sometimes. Um, I'm not a psychic. I just don't know. A lot of people think I'm probably crazy. A lot of people think I make it up, I guess. I don't know. That's why it's hard for me to talk about it. Um, I do know that I, I've shared the story with the lady when I was sick that came under our brother's Wayne's house. And, um, you know, the other, the other night, and I'll say this, and I don't think I've shared this with them. It's been a month and a half ago, and I was having a tough time. And, um, I think about my dad a lot. I ride through deer woods a lot. Um, and sometimes I just, I miss him, you know? And so I had a really big decision. I had some uh, things going on in my life that were hard. And I prayed real hard. And I just felt like God said, you know, every day of my life with this situation was stressful. I didn't know what I was happening. I hated it. And I hate saying hate, but I hated it. And every morning I'd get up and I'd fight it. And uh, finally a solution came and I called Cliff and I said, Cliff, this is what I'm doing. And he said, that's a great idea. And uh, I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but you know, those details um, to, the, to the layman, to the, the normal person, they said, that's you're crazy for doing what you're about to do to solve this issue. But I did it anyway. And when I did it, I had a lot of peace. So I went to bed that night and I felt so good. And I was like, God, thank you. And I, for the first time, I feel like I prayed about something hard. I made a hard decision that everybody's gonna think I'm stupid for making, like completely stupid. And I was like, God, just give me more peace. Keep giving me whatever this feeling is, I want it. So I went to bed that night and I had a dream about my dad. And we were riding through deer woods um, he asked me how Dyer was doing. And everything was so good. And I remember telling him, Dad, he'd be so proud of this restaurant. Like, you don't even know what's going on. Like, it's so cool. And he said, Man, I don't want to know everything about it. And it felt so real. And I said, Dad, I made a hard decision today. He's like, I know. And he just, he kind of held my head. And he just said, brother, I love you. I just want you to know I love you. And I love you. And he just kept saying, I love you much. And he put my name in it. 
He just said, I love you, Hutch. And just kept saying it. I remember waking up, hearing him saying, I love you, Hutch. I love you, Hutch. And for those next few weeks, I had more peace about that situation in my life than I've ever had. And uh, I was able to kind of forget it and let go. And I don't know why those things happened. I don't know what happened to me. And maybe I took some medicine that might, I don't know that made that happen. Um, but that's what people will say. But I know that whatever happened, and my dad would tell you if he were here, like that, that instance, um, if God wants to use that for his glory, he's going to find glory for it. And it doesn't matter where it came from, if that's what you feel like God sent you to make you better, if you felt better for it, then that's better. Um, and uh, I can still hear that in my head every day. Every day I go, it's like, I know, you know, I don't know what dad's doing in heaven. I, I, I struggle with things like, you know, I know there's no sadness in heaven and there's peace in me. It feels like if my dad had seen me, that maybe sometimes he'd be sad that he couldn't be there. So I don't know the rules. Um, but I do know that I, I think he's happy. I thank God. Maybe God tells him. <laughs> um, I just know that I have his approval. And and at least it's God's approval through my dad. And I knew at that point that whatever decision that made, it's probably the smartest decision I've ever made in my life, to be honest with you. Um, but it worked. And I had, for the first time in my life, I had real confidence that, man, I prayed hard. And that happened. Um, and now, you know, as brothers, we have a lot of stuff going on that, um, that's going to be awesome. But I think all of that stuff leads into, you know, learn how to pray, get everything right. And eventually God's going to speak to you. He may not send your dad back to you. Um, but he'll give you signs that you know everything's going to be okay. That's kind of what I wanted to share. Sorry. I'll screw it. But... I don't even know what he's talking about. And like, I'm glad I was like, yeah, it's a good job. I was going to ask like, I'm sure he'll remind me of it. But I, I do believe, I believe that um, that God gives us exactly what we need when we need it, how we need it, um, and using people, using beings, using whatever He decides to—it's all His. Like it literally is all His. That's right. And I believe there's this warfare going on in life where you start to pray and God answers and. I believe there's a battle that if God ever peeled back between us and the spiritual world and let us see that we couldn't live, I believe it's that powerful and impactful. <clears throat> and I believe that God can do whatever he wants to do. Um, completely believe that God allowed Hutch to be able to dream what he dreamed. Um, I don't get to have those dreams. And you know I'm not mad about it like I think if the time ever gets right or happens and if it's what I need God will give it to me but I can still remember my dad's voice I think about it a lot and my biggest fear with him passing was that I would forget what he looked like and what he sounded like and those types of things and the other day we were at 
um, we did the outside services and I heard myself on the on the uh, on the live stream and I was like oh my gosh like because I heard what I remember of my dad in my voice the bottom of it and then at one time I went <clears throat> like that my dad always did that it was that asthmatic gravelly clearing of his throat that if you knew him like I could hear it in Walmart like 20 aisles over and I'd be like dad like and so God gives me the way that I can be okay and I know that he he knows I know with Canon what I can do to her to make her feel better I know with Murphy what I can do with him to make him feel better and it's completely different um but I know my children God knows his children and he knows exactly what we need and he knows sometimes I need an angel. I need a being to tell me, to point me on the path. God knows that Hutch, it, you, God uses dreams and people and things with him. God knows David is just ornery and is not gonna believe anything. And so he doesn't even bother. <laughs> Keep your eye open. 
watch and look for what he's doing and what he's saying. He's going to use anything, and sometimes he just happens to use angels. You know, I, I was sitting here listening to Hutch tell that story, and when we were talking about this, Hutch, he's mentioned a couple things that for whatever reason, God has opened that spiritual, <coughs> what's the word, realm? The realm to Hutch more than he has to me. And I can, I'll speak for Cliff saving more than he has to Cliff. Why he put that on the one of us that has the most anxiety, the most stress, the most pressure, the one that handles stress the worst? <laughs> I, I don't know. That was just the last, by the way. <laughs> But he did, you know, I, and I was listening to that story. I have had dreams that my dad were in. I don't remember a dream though, where my dad spoke to me in those dreams. I see him in the middle of a dream and I know he's there, but it's like, oh, hey, there's dad. Dad's here. And I've woken up from that and I'm like, why didn't I stop and talk to dad? And I feel guilty about that a little bit. But then I think about it, I pray about it, and maybe this is just me rationalizing it in my mind, but every time I see him in a dream and I know he's there, it's comfort. And it's just a reminder that he's still there. He's not here. He's in heaven. But my dad is still alive in heaven today. And it gives me that peace and that comfort to know that he's still here, even though he might not be here in front of me. And so, you know, Hutch has those different experiences. Cliff has had those. You know, I, I sit here when I read this verse that Cliff just read again about, you know, be kind of strangers because you've done that and without knowing you've entertained angels. And I wonder how many times I've brushed somebody off that I didn't know that maybe God had a message for me. And I wasn't kind to that stranger. What did I miss? You know, God has a message for all of us and he has his ways that he will share it. And that's when, as this series continues, we're going to talk about those different ways. But I think if, if, the point that I was hoping to make today, and Hutch went off script, he did, but it, it's perfect. It's perfect. The point I was hoping to make today is to not take anything that God does in your life for granted. And I think Hutch's story tells that perfectly because he's talking about a dream. And it would be easy to write that off and say, well, yeah, he was just stressed and he had a crazy dream. It would be easy to write that off as he took an anxiety pill. I'll say that just because he did. Um, but it would be easy for us as humans to find a reason that that happened rather than just trusting God that God did exactly what he wanted to do. You know, last week we talked about how God speaks to us through natural ways and supernatural ways. And I even made the statement, we don't hear about as many supernatural ways today because I think a lot of times people think, people are going to think you're crazy. So you just don't tell those stories. Imagine if we took pride in every 
like Chris said, we can't explain it, but imagine if everything that happened to us that we couldn't explain, we shouted. And every Christian did that. And we shouted our excitement at the supernatural ways that God has helped us instead of holding that in, hoping somebody doesn't send me to the institution. You know, maybe we don't hear about stuff that happened in the Old Testament or even some of the things that happened in the New Testament. We don't hear about them because we don't talk about it. What if those disciples or what if the people who wrote the books of the Bible held that in and didn't write those stories because you know what? That just doesn't make sense. So I don't want to confuse anybody. That's what our whole faith is based off of. So if we're not telling those stories, what are someone here today who doesn't read the Bible, what is their faith going to be based off of? It comes back to us to share when things like that happen. To not hold them back. Be confident that even, I guess, if you get sent to the institution, you're going to preach Jesus in the institution. Do they even have institutions in the But don't take for granted the things that God does for you that you can't explain. Hutch can't explain that dream. Cliff can't explain Christopher and all the things that he told him that day. I've heard that story numerous times. You can't explain it. I can't sit here and tell you one of the, a, a specific thing where something like that's happened to me and maybe it's because I've tried to explain it in my own mind. And I've written it off as a coincidence or I've made my own rationalities about it rather than just being thankful for what God has done for me. I think I've probably taken some things for granted. So that would be my main point to wrap this up is don't take things for granted that God does for you. When God speaks to you, don't take it for granted. Take joy in the fact that He loves you enough to do something special just for you. And can speak to you in a way that He chose to be special to you that no one else gets. That no one else sees. Or that no one else hears. You know, Cliff talked about if we could pull back and see the spiritual battle. I have a feeling if we could do that, we would see that every one of God's children would have that little army of soldiers around them. That's protecting us. That army of angels that are ready to go fight. We have that army around us because we're God's children. He's going to protect us. And when we get ourselves into trouble is when we start trying to fight outside of that wall of protection. And we feel the resistance, but we don't give credit to God what that resistance is there for. A lot of times our struggles are our own. They're not God's. They're not from Him. But we've all been protected. So take that. Have faith in it. Have trust in it. And don't take what God does to you for granted. You guys have anything else to add in? I just think all the stories, all the of our life, everything that has happened up to this point has led us to a moment in our lives, and maybe even for your guys in your lives, that I was preaching at East Main Baptist Church last week 
for a friend, for Brother Jim, the pastor there. And a lady came up after the service and handed me a, um, what was that that dad wrote? It said, God's church, rapture or rupture. Yeah. It's a thing my dad wrote in like 19, what would have been 70, 80s, 70, late 70s, early 80s. And on the, uh, she said, is this your dad? And I said, it is like, and you could tell my mom had like drawn the, the uh, front cover, you know, it, <laughs> she was proud of it. Definitely went graphics back then. Um, but it was this really neat thing where this lady said, I watched your dad preach in 19, you know, early eighties. And he had these and I got one. Would you like to have it? I said, I would. And I turned it over to the back and I was reading on the back and it said um, that David H. Preston was saved in 1972 at Crossroads Baptist Church. And he became the worship pastor and youth director at Crossroads Baptist Church. And then from there, he went somewhere else. And then from there, he went somewhere else. And then he married mom at Crossroads Baptist Church and then they had children and those children went other places and he went other places and they went other places and if you kept writing that story it would come back to the point where and his three sons are pastors at Crossroads Baptist Church those types of things just don't happen that's a story that God is writing through our lives and we're here and we're for you and we're praying for you and we believe that God is doing something because on the back of a paper somewhere it could be the same story about each one of you and he's put different people and different things in our lives to pinball us to the point where everybody is here today for a reason and I just want to encourage you that wherever you are whatever's happening in your life that God's not surprised and it's a part of the story that he's writing in your life. And one of these days, we're gonna to get to see why. And um, that'll be a good day. But until then, hold on, have faith, and um, don't give up, don't quit. Thanks again for joining our podcast today. If you're in South Arkansas, we'd love to have you visit us. If you'd like more information on our church, please visit us on Facebook or our YouTube channel at Crossroads South Arkansas. I pray that as God pours his love and grace over you, it overflows onto those around you. God bless from Crossroads.